0: Because of all the messages that I preach in a year, this has got to be at the top of everything. This is the state of doctrine address. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. If you have not felt it, the Lord is in this house. And there is a very heavy presence of God. The Lord is wanting to speak to everyone that's here he is not selective he didn't just come to touch one here and one there and one there and one there he's, he's here for every single one of us so brother Anthony and sister Val don't kill me there's a youth dinner and entertainment Saturday January 16th at 5 p.m. in the place of youth service and see sister Melissa for the collection of the outerwear. She's had great things happening with that program, with the glasses and the clothes and things like that. I'm just doing the announcements while the ushers are going around and passing out copies. You have what I have in front of me. There's no notes on mine that aren't on yours. You have it. This is what the Lord wants to give our church. I preached this same exact message one year ago. And I went to my notes and I said, Lord, what do you want me to change? What do you want me to add? What do you want me to take away? And he said, Don't you ever add and take away from my word. And I said, That was easy. Click, done. Well, we're going to read one scripture and then we'll let you be seated. We're just going to allow God to have His way. Well, two scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. I'll begin reading at verse 16. All scripture. Somebody say all scripture. All of it. All of it. Not just the parts we like. It's all breathed out by God, and it is all profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Bishop, will you pray? Amen, and you may be seated. so good to be with everyone in the house of the Lord. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Last week in our service... There was a tongues and interpretation that was given, and I have it printed out, and I'm going to read it again. But the interpretation of the tongue said this, and if you were here, you'll remember it greatly. And if you were not here, you need to start being here so you can hear these things. I will bring you to a place without spot and wrinkle. It will be by my mercy... It will be by my grace. It will be by my work in you. So I say to the church, change not. So I say to the church, change not. Stand by my word. Oh, bask in the traditions of my word. I will keep you. The hour is coming. It's frightened for you but i will keep you i will find you i will protect you i will find you in my blood i will hide you in my spirit and keep you by my word the word of god says in ephesians 4:11 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers why to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we obtain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. The whole Word of God here in Ephesians. For that it's saying is that He has called ministries and put forth appointments so that they will deliver the Word from the throne of God. Why? Because that Word of God is what stabilizes us, that stops us from going to the left and to the right and being tossed to and fro, that there will be a stability under us, a foundation, the rock of Christ, Listen, this is straight Word of God today. If the Word of God bores you, I'm sorry. It's gonna be a long service. But if the Word of God, is a fire that is in your bones, that is buried in your belly, is the very breath that you breathe, is the very light that burns with inside of you. Then the word of God is gonna encourage you, it's gonna strengthen you, it's gonna find you, it's gonna help you. First Peter 1:25, but the word of the Lord remains forever the word of Josh no the word of Bishop no the word of brother Larry no it's the word of God that will remain when we're long and gone that will remain whether we believe it or not it will remain whether we see it or not the word of the Lord remains forever And this word is the good news that was preached to you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you had heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is. It really is the word of God, which is at work in you believers. The Word of God must be alive and working in us. Let me ask you, is the Word of God dormant inside of your life? Is the Word of God buried inside of your life? Is it hidden where it seems as though it's lost? Or is the Word of God bubbling up and brewing over and running out of your life? 2 Timothy 2.15 If you've sat under my teaching you know this is my scripture. This is my scripture. I didn't write it, but it's mine. I claim it. Study to show thyself a workman unto God. Right? A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to study. That means work at it. That means we've got to work at it, folks. We've got to seek it. We've got to search it. We've got to read it. We've got to reread it. We've got to memorize it. We've got to begin to begin to just pour our face into it, pour our energy into it. There is no greater thing that we can pursue in this life than the Word of God. if we would put as much energy in studying the Word of God as we do college curriculum or K-12 curriculum, I wonder where our education would be at in the mind of Christ, in the working and operation of the gifts of Spirit. Where would our intellect be if the Word of God was ever ready in our lips? Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, this is the quote by him. In regards to this great book, the Bible, I have but to say it is the best gift that God has given to man. Amen, Abe. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare here and hereafter and found portrayed in it. You were absolutely right, President Lincoln. The Bible is the greatest gift. The Word of God is God. The Word of God is the life of God. The Word of God is the foundation of God. The Word of God is the salvation. Uh, We're going to go into some statements. Of who we are. What we are. But I believe the most important thing to include is also why we are. We believe that there is one God. We are not Trinitarians. We are oneness. That God's name is Jesus. That Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say. We also believe that we are saved by grace through faith. Come on, somebody. That by God's grace through faith, we receive and obey the complete new birth experience, which is being baptized in the name of Jesus and baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There are some that preach that the tongues is just a gifter for the first church. Then I tell you they're liars because I'm filled with a household of people that are speaking in tongues in 2021. If you're embarrassed that your pastor gets so on fire for the Word of God, I do not apologize to you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You need to repent before God. And you need to let the fire that's in me get into the you, the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of this Word. I'm not ashamed to be excited. I'm not ashamed to be on fire. I love the Word of God. We are oneness. We are monotheistic. The definition I put it here because these are big words, but they does not mean that we should not know them. We should know this. We should understand this. And it's okay to learn a bigger word. We can all say it. Everybody say monotheism. monotheism. There you go. That easy. I even put the phonetic spelling there if you're looking. can help you. Monotheism is the doctrine or belief that there is only, everybody say only. Only only one God. Not many gods. There's only one. And because the doctrine of monotheism is one God, that makes us monotheistic. There's the phonetic there too for you. Monotheistic means pertaining to Characterized by or adhering to monotheism. The doctrine that there is only one God a, is a monotheistic religion. You hopefully are monotheistic. What is the oneness of God? The oneness of God. I know I'm going to tell you this right now. Last year when I preached this, I had so many people say, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. I wish this person could have been here. I wish this person could have listened to this. Well, I hope they've made it this year. But if not, take this to them. You're a preacher. You've got the understanding. You've got my notes in your hand and you've got the Bible in the other hand. You go and preach it to them. You go and tell it to them. And if that doesn't work as last-ditch resort, then tell them to watch it. But you go preach it. What is the oneness of God? The oneness of God refers to the singleness of God. That there is only one God. And that there was no God before Him or after Him. Isaiah 43 if you need it. Therefore, the singleness status of God never changes. The singleness of God did not change when Jesus Christ was born. He stayed one God before, during, and after because God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in Jesus. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Shema Israel, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Echad. Learn it, memorize it, bury it. There is only one God that's going to forgive me. There's only one God going to redeem me. There's only one God going to save my soul. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them. And we don't do this. And I'm not necessarily saying we should literally do this, but if you do, go for it. Just not a tattoo. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your cates, Now, some of you have already lost, and we're only a couple verses down. What they're binding on their hand, what they're binding on their forehead, what they're putting on the doorpost is that there is one God. It's that important. When you understand, and you believe, and you worship, and you follow, and you serve one God, then there is no confusion. Lord, I need energy to finish this. We we got a couple pages to go. Isaiah 43.10 You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen. Why? That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. says the Lord the King of Israel and His Redeemer the Lord of hosts I am the first I am the last and besides me there is no God I am the Lord and there is no other besides me there is no God I equip you Though you do not know me, that my people may know that the rising of the sun and from the west, and there is none besides me, I am the Lord and no other. Now I'm reading several scriptures that are different but are speaking to the same thing because I am giving you proof. I am giving you the word of God, the true matter of it, where God declares that he is monotheistic. Yeah, these are all Old Testament. Yep, we're going to get there in the new two. (laughs) Isaiah 45, 18. Thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it, He established it. He did not create it empty, but He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. Turn to the one God and he will save you. Don't turn to other gods. And by other gods, I mean social media. I mean leaders. I mean rock and roll band. I mean movie stars. I mean influencers. You need to turn to God and God alone. There is no social media influencer that is going to save your soul. There is no social media mogul that's going to help you when it comes time. There's none of them that care for you. It is only God in heaven. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Uh Uh-oh, New Testament. Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. If that's so, why are there so many ways that people are baptized? There's no parentheses here that say as long as you're baptized. It says that there is one baptism. One baptism that followed one faith that followed the one Lord. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. I'm going to show you in the Word of God how Jesus is God. First, I will show you that Jesus is the Father. Then I will show you that Jesus is the Son. And then I will show you that Jesus is the Spirit in the Word of God. There's a lot of apostolics that truly don't understand oneness. They believe there's one God, but the moment a Trinitarian quotes a scripture that might be worded in a Trinitarian form, huh? that's why you've got in your hands my notes. Take them home. We're going to start with Jesus is God. He is the Father, Son, and Spirit. 1 Timothy 3.16 And without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. They struggled with it then, and we struggle with it now. By we, I don't mean the church, I mean people pretending to be the church. He said, Great is the mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. God was manifested in the flesh. God, the one Lord was manifested. If you don't know what manifest means, that means became, changed, moved. All of a sudden, he had an outer shell, an outer where, what you have. That's manifestation. It's like your rage, young people. It's inside, it's there, but sometimes it gets manifested, right? Well, Jesus has always been God. But the appointed time is when the manifestation visited the earth. Understand? There might be better ways to describe it. That's all I got. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Then God was justified in the spirit. Justified in the spirit. Then he was seen of angels, right? Anybody know the story when he's wandering in the wilderness, the devil comes and tempts him, right? Then he rebukes the devil, and the devil goes, I'm out of here, and he leaves. It says, then angels come and ministered to him. Justified in the spirit, he goes down in the water into John's baptism, and the dove descends. Preached unto the Gentiles. Hello, Peter. Hello, dream. Hello, vision. Hello, Paul. Hello, Cornelius and his household. Hello, More Life Tabernacle. He was believed on in the world, and he was received up into glory. This one verse puts him as the Father in heaven being manifested in the flesh puts him in the flesh being justified with the Spirit. He was seen of angels, meaning there's a witness, there's a testimony. Not only was he a testimony, people believed in what they saw, people believed in what they felt, people believed in what was preached to them, so much so that it was preached to the Gentiles and the whole other world. And then he was believed on in the world. That's what it says. And then he was crucified. And then he rose from the grave. Why? Because hell can't keep my God. In this one verse, you see all three that people call the different differences of God, the different deities, some say, of God. No, it's all one. It's all one. And now the verse that Jesus is the Father. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name, the Son, his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. If there's only one God, you can't have a son and call him God and have two gods. Because he said, I am one and there is no other. But now the words that tie Father in, you shall call him the everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. John even backs this up in 1030. This is the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son, said, I and the Father are one. Jesus is the Son. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means Messiah. The Son of God. See, this is where people... The Son of God. That means that there's two. No. What that's doing is just putting it in human terms because women give birth to babies and the flesh of God was manifested through the birth that Mary gave to Him. And when that is, it's a term of relative relation as Jesus walked the earth. But He's not a literal Son of God. He is God who was the Son. We are the sons and daughters of God but the Son of God was God. Right. Yeah. These things I write to you that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have a life in His name. But you got to believe it. And then you can have life in His name. A verse that will help you with Jesus being the Holy Ghost Romans 8, 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son. And if the Son is God, then God is sending His Spirit and it testifies that the Spirit was the Spirit of the Son. Some of you are like, (laughs) Go back and reread it. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him, and because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into their hearts, whereby they cry, Abba, Father. So the Spirit of God that comes in us provokes us to cry out to the Father. Because the Spirit is God. And the Spirit provokes us to turn to God. The Spirit provokes us to rely on God. To worship God. To believe more in God. To experience God. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is God. State of doctrine address, we're moving into salvation, grace, and the new birth. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's a gift of God. Ephesians 2 9. This is why, that it would not be a result of works, so that nobody can boast. Meaning you can't buy the grace of God. You can't work it off. You can't put a payment towards it. It doesn't matter how bad you are, how great you are, or how famous you are, or how talented you are. You are on every equal footing with every man and woman that there is nothing we can do. We can't earn grace. Oh, come on. Apostolic Pentecostal struggle with legalism with this. We think if we do A, B, C, D, then we're rewarded with EFG. But the truth of the matter is that none of that earns us anything. The reason we get EFG is because we believe in the righteousness and the obedience of God. For by grace have you been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Is there anybody in this house that has been a recipient of grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace? Oh, every person in this place ought to be on their feet. Ought to be lifting your hands and say, God, I need more grace. I need more mercy. You need to know something right now. That by the help of God... And the, 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 the paddle of bishop. This church is never going to walk away from this doctrine. This church isn't changing. The tongues and interpretation last week that we read, it said, I want my church to change not. If you think that this is a new progressive church, you've got the wrong definition of Progressive. Our theme this year is renewed. I'm not looking to change worship. I'm not looking to change praise. I'm not looking to change the doctrine of God. What I'm looking for is a renewed worship, a renewed praise, a renewed fire of the Word of God. this world wants us to change the doctrine so that it'll become more interesting. So that it'll be more easy to swallow and eat. I'm not changing the Word of God ever. I'm not adding one little thing and I'm not taking one little thing from it. What I want to see, what I'm trying to show by example, what I'm trying to lead by jumping is to tell you that that same word of God that visited you in your youth, that used to touch you at youth service, that used to move you to pray through, that used to cause you to weep, that used to cause you to speak in tongues, that that same experience has not changed. I'm just trying to promote a renewal of it. Somebody needs to be renewed in your walk with God. And I'll start with me. God renew a walk with you in my life, in my heart, in my speech, in my thoughts, in my mind, in my emotions, in my reactions. And in my lifestyle. Woo! John 1.16 says for from his fullness we have received all grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through who? Grace. And truth, truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. The new birth, John 3:3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Well, then, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered him Truly, truly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born of water, that's baptism. Right there, we got a baptismal pool. If you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins today, we can make that happen. Don't hesitate. But the new birth, he said to Nicodemus, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit. This isn't optional. There's a lot of people that will get baptized, but they think speaking in tongues is optional. Speaking in tongues is the outward evidence that an individual has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I feel, it's not in the notes, so I lied in the beginning. There's going to be some things, but I feel to instruct that there's somebody that's going to Corinthians when Paul said, but do all men speak as I do? And they take the gifts of the Spirit, tongues in interpretation like we quoted last week, and they say that that is the same as the initial filling of the Holy Ghost. No, it's not. You need a course in hermeneutics and understand the context of the Scripture. The spiritual gifts in Corinthians is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the gift of the Holy Ghost that's already in you being operated. For the words to Corinthians were wrote to a church who already knew how to be baptized in the Spirit. It was instruction how Holy Ghost people should operate in the gifts. back on track if I can find my place that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that I say to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wants to or wishes but you hear the sound but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the Lord using an example to tell somebody, hey, listen, in this very church right now, we know that the Holy Ghost has been moving across this place. We know that he's been touching and changing. But my physical eyes have not seen the Spirit in a form. But I have heard the sound of it. When somebody is born of the Spirit, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Why? Because they're going to be speaking in an unknown tongue. Yes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. That's the new birth that's laid down. born of baptism, born of the Holy Ghost. Matthew in 28:18, the Great Commission. Jesus came and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations." Make disciples, which is what Elements is here for. Amen? Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Well, that's how it shall be done. Not if you heard anything come across this pulpit. You mean that Jesus misspoke here? Nope. You mean that the disciples misunderstood? Nope. What I mean is people that are not really opening their understanding and seeking the truth of the Holy Ghost, they're not understanding that Jesus Christ is the Father, He is the Son, and He is the Holy Ghost. We're going to get there. You know I love these steps. You know I preach them often. I try to put this forth and I'm going to do it again. There's no surprises. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? This part I didn't put in there and I should have. Because I always go back to it. The disciples that are sitting there at the feet of Jesus when He's giving them the Great Commission... Was Peter there? What? Oh. Well, I don't know. All right, well, he was. Take the word for it. Peter was there. But this is the same Peter that Jesus, God, said to, Well, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Isaiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one other great prophet. But then Jesus says to Peter and to the other disciples, but who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, thou art Christ, thou art the Messiah. Jews are mono theistic believe in one God Peter was a Jew how many gods did Peter believe in so a oneness man of the Jewish faith named Peter said thou art my redeemer thou art my deliverer thou art the Messiah Thou art God. Then Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Upon the confession of your faith, upon this revelation, I will build my church. You mean to tell me that it is pure coincidence? that Jesus, the Son of God, chooses to build the kingdom of God upon the revelation that there's one God? Almost as if Deuteronomy 6, 4, that said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Do you mean to tell me that the Godhead hasn't changed? Man, I don't know what kind of patty cake and preaching you want, but you're not getting it. If it was oneness in Deuteronomy 6.4, if it was oneness there, then it's oneness when Jesus is walking this earth and He begins to tell Peter, who do men say that I am? So that Peter that heard, that heard, Thou art Christ. And he heard, upon this, I will build my church. That Peter now, out of your own mouth, was sitting at the feet of Jesus when he gave the Great Commission. Correct? Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost. And Peter is sitting there listening to this. But wait a minute. I just heard you say, who do men say that I am? And I know that you are God but you're telling me to now go baptize in the name of the... Name of who? What is the name of Father? Jehovah? Nope. Adonai? Nope. Elohim? Nope. Yahweh? Eh. Can't even put vowels in that name. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You really need to study the word of God. These jokes just—they don't work if you don't know. So Peter hears this, right? God tells him, "Go do this." Then Jesus goes, and he goes into heaven. He's gone, right? And Peter is one of the guys gone. Oh, hey angel. Why, Peter? Are you standing around looking up to the sky? Because this same Jesus who was taken in this manner shall return in this manner. Right? Yeah. Peter at that moment in Sir Josh Aaron does whoa! I'm gonna see him again! He's coming back again! Whoa! than my way and I'm trying to do justice by God but he's working with a flawed individual but I'm telling you that I love this I believe this I live this I'm consumed with this because there is nothing about this that's untrue there's nothing about this that's going to fail me it's never going to lie to me it's never going to disappoint me. It's never going to abandon me. It's never going to divorce me. <laughs> I know we got a bunch of mature apostolics here and you're thinking, Pastor, stop preaching Apostolic 101. I'm telling you, you need to be renewed in Apostolic 101. Why are you worrying about revelation when we can't get past the new birth? So I'm now back on track to my story. Peter, now he stands there. He's given instructions to go into Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father. And Peter with the other disciples and a lot of other people, about 120, they go into this house that has a second story called the Upper Room. And they're all in there and they don't know what to do. I mean, there's no Bible for them to read. There's no bishop. And there's no Jesus. And so, Brother Larry, they're like, what you want to do? Well, let's win there. We don't know what to do. The only thing we know to do is pray. pray. That's almost a message there. When you haven't heard from God, pray. pray. When you don't know where to go, prayer room. You don't know where to walk. Prayer. You don't know who to trust? Prayer. You don't know who to listen to? Prayer. You don't know what to believe? Prayer. And so Peter, he goes into the upper room. And they're having a good prayer meeting. But God is the Word. Right, And the word is Jesus. And the word of Jesus told them, go and wait. So they went and waited in obedience. And then all of a sudden on the day of Pentecost, that's kind of why it's in our title, Rapsod Pentecostal. Because this day right here is the foundation for our life so the day of Pentecost comes and they're all gathered together in the upper room the second story and they're trying to figure out what to do and all of a sudden for the first time ever in history the Lord does the miraculous because now he has given his life on the cross And he has paid the penalty of all the world's and man's and woman's sins. And now he can wash them away and he paid the price that they demanded to be paid. And because he took the big stamp and he said, paid in full. Now he looked at man and said, I have paid the price for sin. And because my spirit cannot dwell with sin, your now sin is removed by my blood being baptized in my name. And now that you're cleansed, I now can fill you with my spirit. So Peter, the one that said, Thou art the Christ, the one that sat there and said, Go baptize in all names. Okay, now I'm in the upper room. And God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And Peter began to open his mouth with the other disciples in the 120. And it says that they began to speak in other tongues they began to speak in different languages they didn't understand because the Holy Ghost was being poured out. So they're all over there saying, should have bought a Honda. Should have bought a Honda? Come on, help me. Brother Anthony, run around and shake some people six feet apart. Put a mask on first. So Peter's up there talking about his wrong car choice. You're right, I'm not funny. Peter's speaking in tongues. And there's a bunch of people that are in Jerusalem for the feast. And they're hearing Peter complaining about buying a Toyota or a GM when he should have bought a Honda. No, oh, that just offended some people. I got a Chevy out there. So they hear Peter speaking in tongues with all these other wild people. But there isn't social media, and there's not television, and there's not the internet. And so they're like, what is going on? And because they're religious snobs, there's probably a motivation to see if they were possessed by the devil so they could cast them out and stone them and take them to the high priest. And so they stop. And as luck has it, Peter, the one that Jesus said, oh, upon the confession of this, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of God. said that to Peter. And now that the kingdom and salvation of being the new birth, born in the Spirit, born of the Holy Ghost, is being ushered into the world, Peter, who has the spiritual keys to this message, is the one that stands up. And he begins to preach to them how that they just killed the Messiah. And they're crying and they're weeping. And now we're back into the sermon. And in Acts 2:37 Peter now, who heard Jesus say, "Go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost." For the first time in his life since the great commission, is getting ready to preach his first message ever. And the you know, Pope Peter Peter was the first pope. There's no Catholics here, right? Former Catholics? Whatever. Peter, the greatest pope, the greatest apostle, the one given the keys of the kingdom, stands up on the day of Pentecost. And he begins when they ask the question Peter, tell me what I have to do to be saved. This is why it's so important. Because Peter at that point took the anointing and authority that God had spoken and prophesied. The spiritual doctrine that would unlock salvation. He began to preach the first apostolic message. Now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what Shall we do? And Peter didn't hesitate. He didn't say, let me consult with John. Let me talk this over with my brethren. He said, I'll tell you. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. But Peter, why didn't you say, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Because that's not the name of God. Those are titles of God. That's what sometimes they'd say, my Father which art in heaven. Jesus which art in heaven. It's the same thing. But the name is Jesus. So Peter says, repent, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Of Jesus, because he understood when God said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He understood in your name. And so he baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus telling Nicodemus, born of water, born of spirit? What a quinky dink that the first apostolic message, Peter would say both. In response to the very question, what must I do to be saved? Be baptized, because that's what saves you. And if, God, you know, if God's in a good mood, he'll give you the gift of the Spirit. And... Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard. Fell on all of them that heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Ghost was bore was poured out even on the Gentiles. Thank God. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues. Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? They knew the Holy Ghost fell because they heard them speak in other tongues. That's how they knew they had the Holy Ghost. They heard it. Verse 46, And when they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God, then Peter said, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing from these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? The same way. The same way. And they got it, we did. And he commanded them to be baptized. Again, Peter? Yes, again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, the hour's getting long and you're getting tired from worship. See, that's all right. Just say amen. That'll work. I'm tired too, but I'm having a good time. So then Acts 19 1, and as it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive it when you believed? As that's a no-brainer. Did you receive it when you believed and they said no? Do you know why? Because you got to hear it to believe it. Right? Romans 10, right? 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 14, and how shall they call in whom they not believed? Right? And how can they believe unless they've been preached to? You? So they're not saying no because they didn't believe out of questioning it. They're saying no because they've never had it preached to them to believe in it. They said no. We have not even heard that there's a Holy Ghost. And then Paul begins to say, oh, here we go, baby. Into what then were you baptized? And they said into John's baptism. He's like, oh, you need to be renewed and updated to the new teaching. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. And when they heard this, they were rebaptized. Rebaptized. When they heard this, Right? A preacher, Paul, was sent. He preached. They heard. They believed. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. The conclusion of today's message, if the musicians would come. The state of our doctrine, status unchanged. The doctrine will never change. So the conclusion of the matter, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? And the Word was with God. Who's Jesus? Or who's God? And the Word was? Or Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus, of course he was. He is God. All things were made through him, Jesus. Right, because he's God. And without him, Jesus, was not anything made that was made. In him, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Somebody ought to be listening right now. The darkness never overcomes Jesus. Never. Never. No matter how dark the day, no matter how dark the moment, no matter how dark the situation, at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And John came as a witness to bear witness about the light, Jesus. That all men might believe through Jesus. I'm just inserting Jesus for him. That's stain in the Word, Brother Kenny. No, it's not. Why you read all them different translations. That was men changing. the world might believe through him he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light the true light which gives light to everyone and was coming into the world and he was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him and present your case. Let them counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none beside me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. And by myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return to me. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall swear allegiance. Hallelujah. I want somebody to pay close attention because God's given a revelation right now. I feel it. Isaiah that we just read 45 21 through 23. That is Old Testament. That is Yahweh. That is Jehovah. That is Adonai. That is Elohim. He's the one that said, "I am the, I am alone." Right? He's the one that said, "By myself I have sworn; from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return." This is Yahweh saying this to me, Yahweh, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess right? In Isaiah Romans fourteen eleven. for it is written as I live says the Lord quoting Isaiah every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God so then each of us Will give an account of God to himself. So you got the Old Testament God saying every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Then you got the New Testament book of Romans that is quoting that scripture, confirming it, testifying its trueness, testifying the truth of it. And then you have Philippians 2. Sister Terry, I see you bouncing, you already know. Oh, here it comes. So that at the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven trinitarian then you got to believe that the father's going to bow a knee to Jesus Somebody's mind just went <laughs> At the name of Jesus every knee does the father in heaven have knees Who sits on the throne Jesus. But before that, everybody thought it was a spirit called the Father. But man was created in his likeness. So if the Father is not the Son, the knee of the Father will bend to Jesus, the Son. Now, don't work that way. Because if we are built in his image and our family is structured, it says that the Son will always honor the Father. And there's no way that the Father in Heaven would bow to Jesus the Son. But they're one. That the Father will not bend a knee to Jesus. And Jesus will not bend a knee to the Father. And they won't bow to the Spirit, and the Spirit won't bow to them, because they're one. But Isaiah said every knee And every tongue will confess. And Philippians says that at the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is God. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What that saying is the preacher can only tell you so plainly for so long. There's one God. There's one faith. There's one baptism. God's name is Jesus. He sits on the throne. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And Jesus is the Holy Ghost. We are not baptized in any other name, in any other way. We don't bow and bend a knee. Lord, heal Brother Brian in the name of Jesus. So he tells everybody, and I'm telling more life tabernacle. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I can't save you. Bishop can't save you. We can tell you how to be saved. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not drugs. It's not meditations. It's not counseling. It's not school. It's not education. It's not medicine, it's not voodoo, it's not black magic, it's not witchcraft, it's not social media. You want to learn how to be saved, pray to Jesus, confess to Jesus, Lord, I need to be saved. Lord, I need you in my life. I need to feel you again. I need to experience you again. I need to live in you again. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God, not man, who works in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. And the last three Scriptures, if everybody would stand, Colossians 2, 8, 9, 10, closing out the state of doctrine address, see to it that no one, nobody, not mom, not dad, not your son and daughter, not your husband and wife, not your bishop, not your pastor, not your Sunday school pastor, not your youth pastor, not your Ignite pastor see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions according to the elemental gifts or spirits of the world that are not according to christ for in him that's the messiah that's christ That's the Spirit of God. That's the Son of God. That's the Father. It's Jesus. For in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and all authority.